Well, you're all very welcome back to the Saturday Sports Show here on 102.9 CRCFM. It's time now to turn our attention towards the world of Gaelic games. And to do so, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by current Offaly senior men's manager, John Mohan, and of course, a former Mayo boss as well. John, if we can begin with the controversy that is dominating all of the sports pages this weekend, it is, of course, how the Dublin GA players under Desi Farrell were caught training at the break of dawn in North County Dublin. Presumably, they were hoping under the cover of darkness and in total secrecy, it did emerge through the Irish Independent and it has caused major uproar and outrage amongst the Irish public. Can I firstly get your thoughts on what has been quite an intriguing saga, but one that has been quite expected for some time, considering the likes of Cork and Down have been caught in the past? Yeah, Quibbing, I, 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 you know, I was, I thought it was an April Fool's joke, to be quite honest with you, when I, uh, I woke the other morning to the headline. Um, obviously, it was a tip-off. It wasn't that a, an Irish independent uh, photographer was lurking out around uh, uh, the uh, pitch at that hour of the morning. So, obviously, somebody uh, was aware of it and uh, tipped off the Irish independent that this was happening. Uh, nine intercounty footballers from Dublin. I suppose the big news story that uh, Dublin were caught because uh, they have been the exemplars when it comes to self-discipline over the last, uh, I suppose, decade or more. And they've been models of consistency in every regard, very, very professional, and never, ever uh, come to the limelight for any kind of controversy. So I suppose the big news uh, was that the fact that it was Dublin. And of all the teams in the country, you would surmise, you know, did the need to be out training um, with two weeks ago before the lockdown lifts on the 19th of April? I would argue that they didn't above any team in the country. They have they played an all final last December. Uh, we uh, awfully didn't uh, stop training after we were beaten by Kildare in the championship uh, months prior to that. I'd love to be able to get uh, the Offaly boys and we certainly would need <laughs> uh, we need collective training more so than the dubs. But uh, I was shocked, and particularly when you look at the personnel that were there, like in Brian Howard, Brian Fenton, uh, Johnny Cooper, three of the nine. Uh, and it begs the question, well, where were the other groups training that morning? Or, you know, was it just those nine? So one was surmised that they, uh, Dublin had been training uh, collectively for some time in pods of eight or nines, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I suppose, it, it, look, it, it's, I don't know if it was disappointing, but I was alarmed that it was the Dubs. And... Uh, I felt like, I mean, it certainly might have jeopardised it, but thankfully Jack Chambers, the junior minister for sport, came out and clarified that counties would not be punished because of um, uh, the indiscretions of of one county. And the precedent has been established there with Down and Cork, obviously, uh, previously, last January, I think it was around then, when both of them were were, uh, caught training collectively. And uh, the precedent has been established in so far as a a three-month suspension, I think, was handed down to Roland McCarthy, and I think it was Paddy Talley, had similar uh, suspension on appeal reduced to two months. So the Dublin County Board intervened and jumped in ahead of Crow Park and they have uh, issued their own punishment of three months to Desi Farr. Whether that will be the end of it or not, Queeving, we'll just have to wait and see. Does it smack of hubris, John, the fact that they already have so many advantages within the sport, considering the fact that they have the largest population by some number, receive so much in funding, as well as having some of the best coaches and sponsorship opportunities within the sport, the fact that they felt the need to cheat the rules to gain a few extra training sessions ahead of the new season. Yeah, it's, it's rather bizarre because, like, I mean, the, the reality is, I think, it's the 14 or 15 Leinster titles are going in a row. Um, 
you know, they have sailed through Leinster Championships over the last, uh, I'd say, 13 or 14 years. And uh, you, one would suggest that a four-week lead-in uh, lead time into the National League would have been more than sufficient to have them right up to speed with any other team in the country or ahead of the curve. I mean, they did play in an all final last December, similar to Mayo, obviously. So they've had the benefit of having a couple of extra months training right up to the year end. And I know for look at me, we all intercounty footballers and all young guys who are interested in sport will be training individually with their strength and conditioning programs, and they would have had running programs training uh, individually or maybe in pairs over the last number of months. So the fact that they 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 um, are formalised it by bringing a coach onto the pitch as well. I mean, the optics of it looks absolutely terrible, and uh, I just felt it was kind of rubbing their noses, particularly after Court Park issuing a circular the previous evening. And I believe John Costco, the, the Dublin chief executive, had also issued some sort of a circular to all clubs in Dublin indicating that there was no collective training. All club grounds were to remain closed. So this particular club ground was opened up for, for those nine do, uh, dubs and coach. So it looks like there was a, a bit of collaboration between the club and the Dublin County Board. Look, at yeah, they have all sorts of advantages, no question about, uh, about it. And uh, it begs the question, like, I mean, there's a huge cohort of, of society that are really hurting. We're all desperate to get back and have a bit of activity. We're in a very privileged position insofar as the, 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 the door has been open for inter-county training to resume on the 19th of April, uh, two weeks' time. And it's, you know, surely they could have waited like every other county. I mean, there's all sorts of rumours and innuendo in circulation that t- uh, county teams are training. Well, I can say, I can only speak about my own offline, and I can tell you right now, absolutely not. yes. They're out training individually and they're doing running programs and they're in the gyms and what have you. And we are get back. We, we hope to get back on the 20th, actually, Tuesday the 20th, to, to actually commence our training. And we hope for four weeks. But you're right, Creven, the Dubs have a lot, of, a lot of advantages. And how do you punish them? I mean, a fi- issuing a fine to Dublin is of little consequence. It's not, that's not a punishment. Conceding home advantage, maybe for a couple of league matches, I'm not so sure if that's a big punishment to the Dubs either. Suspending Desi Farr. If you look at Paul Clark has taken the Dublin team in the past for or Burn Cup game. So with the kind of a, a, the resources they have at their disposal, I don't think that's a, a, a huge punishment uh, in, in punishing Desi. So I don't know what a real punishment is. Do I want to see them punished? I don't. I don't want to see them thrown out of the Championship of the League because they're the most one of the most attractive teams in the country and there's a huge demand for live sports. So it's a difficult one. How much of a disadvantage will it be for them to be without Desi Farrell for 12 weeks, considering the setup Dublin have? Is an overall manager required to prepare them for a new season? I, I would imagine, I imagine the, the whole Dublin intercounty scene is so streamlined now. They've got processes, uh, and, and obviously, you know, they have a very, very well coordinated uh, pre-game routine and they have all sorts of routines for, for pre- and post-match and all the kind of stuff and all their analysis will more or less be done online now. That's the thing about COVID, Cueving, is that um, even without COVID, we will be, uh, I suppose, resorting to more online engagement with our players. You know, heretofore, we would have been meeting for, say, team, uh, uh, you know, um, meetings, etc., maybe at the training venue. But I have found that the, the Zoom meetings will work quite effectively and quite efficiently. And I imagine that... Uh, Desi Farrell will be able to continue to monitor the, the team through video analysis. He'll be able to, um, you know, deliver his message prior to games. So it's not a big punishment, not for the Dulls, because they have a huge backroom team and great 
resources there so I don't see it as big uh, being a big um, punishment but the county board in fairness they didn't defend the, the action to put their hands up and admit there's no need for any big investigation I saw some politicians during the week calling for big investigations by the president and uh, um, of the GA and Crow Park there's no need for investigation the facts are there and Crow, um, Dublin put up their hands and admitted their guilt and the, by punishing Desi Farrell so the thing is will Crow Park get a go now I'm not so sure wasn't this all very much so expected, considering we all feel that there are other counties and clubs that have been training away by themselves for some time? You know, maybe we'd all be a bit naive to think that it's not going on in the remainder of the 31 counties, just away from prying eyes and without that tip-off that the Irish Independent received. I, look, I've heard all sorts of rumours, particularly up north, that teams haven't stopped haven't stopped training. I mean, I mean, it will be an unfair advantage when you resume. Like, I mean, if if we were ended up uh, trying to compete with with teams that have been training collectively, the Downs and the Derrys, uh, um, you know, and, and and other teams are mad. There's rumours circulating about our mad training collectively. I don't know whether they are or not, and it's of little interest to me. But certainly, when it comes to training, they will have an advantage because. When we, when we return after a long layoff uh, on the 19th or 20th of, of April, we probably have a four-week lead-in lead in time. The, the fact that um, our off uh, inter-county footballers haven't had any collective training, where there haven't, there's been no physical contact, and there's a huge difference between running straight lines up and down the pitch and in the gym lifting weights. You might be, you feel strong, you might be athletically uh, strong, but when it comes to the, that football uh, contact and physical contact and Tacking, etc. You'll be absolutely exhausted, and I, I, I've alarmed and warned my players that the fact that I said, "Listen, lads, be, be as well prepared as you possibly can, because it's going to take a couple of weeks to adjust and, uh, to that kind of a tempo." And the other thing is, you would be just a little bit fearful that there'd be a lot of soft tissue injuries, guys coming back, um, and that was the situation last year because the insurance bill in Crow Park didn't uh, uh, reduce significantly despite it being a shortened season. So that would clearly suggest that there's a lot of injuries. And I know for a fact there were quite a significant number of um, injuries after players returned from the lockdown last year. So there's all those kind of concerns. And ideally, we'd like maybe five or six weeks of lead-in time to get ourselves up to speed. But uh, as you look at, as, as has been suggested, there are some counties out there that'd be well up to speed because they've been training collectively. They've never stopped. I'm not so sure about that. As I say, all I can speak about is my own team and we haven't been training collectively. Some of the difficulties while managing teams during a pandemic, John, must be increasingly difficult to motivate players to keep them on training plans when they are individually training themselves. How has that been a factor for you as Offaly manager? Um, It's been difficult, Cuevin. Like, I mean... The reality of human nature, you, you, you like to be able to look the guy in the eye and uh, physically see him uh, and what kind of physical shape he's in. Like, I mean, we I've been keeping contact I mean, once a week now with our players over the last couple of weeks and uh, they have their running programs and they have their S&C strength and conditioning programs and uh, you've just got to trust them. But, like, I mean, human nature being what it is, I know... I know for a fact there'll be, uh, um, there'll be a bit of black and blue smoke <laughs> out of the rear exhaust when we go back uh, in a couple of weeks' time because with the best intention and best will in the world, you cannot beat you know, uh, training in a group and having your, your colleague pushing you, your teammate pushing you and encouraging you and you know, maybe slagging you to push that a little bit harder. It's difficult to do that on your own. And, uh, but the, the Zooms uh, um, meetings and Microsoft team meetings and Skype meetings, they've worked reasonably well, but... The bottom line is you, you cannot 
upbeat in the the engagement. And as I said to you, I think I said to you before, Cueven, it's all about the crack and the fun and players meeting up with one another and the banter and the fun. That's and I spoke to a couple of intercounty footballers that I played with back in the day, and they said, "So that was the whole crack and the fun of it. It's travelling to games and threes or fours in a car. Now you're reduced to one one per person per car." Yeah, that you can't congregate in the canteen afterwards to have a sandwich or a bit of food. You're restricting numbers in the dressing room. You're mask wearing, so it's it's very very difficult. And it's the, the fun aspect of it has gone out of it, despite the fact that there's a perception out there. Look at you know intercounty hurls and footballers coming back, and it's not fair and da da da. The reality is there's not much fun in it. I can assure, and I can tell you that like the guys driving there, train for an hour and fifteen minutes, turn around and go home on their own. So. But nonetheless, there's a huge demand for live sport. And uh, as I say, I'm looking forward to it. And I know the players are, despite what I've just said. We are looking uh, forward to getting back on the pitch. Would you agree with the argument, John, that GA players should be prioritised in return for a vaccine to get them back playing safely? And it could see a relaxation of some of those COVID uh, protocols that surround inter-county players that we saw throughout last season? I don't think vaccinating inter-county Players would sit well with a, uh, you know, certain cohorts of society out there, whether it's teachers, guardy, etc. Like, I mean, the reality is, you could make an argument for 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 different cohorts of society to get the vaccination. I don't, I don't think it'll sit well. Uh, I mean, there's a great love for Irish sport and Irish Gaelic games, but uh, it, you know, that only goes so far. I certainly would. I think there'd be a, a certain outrage if it was um, if it was decided that. Uh, you know, uh, inter-county hurls and footballs were vaccinated. I don't think it'll sit too well with society. So I don't think that'll be happening. Have you found it difficult yourself trying to find players within the county of Offaly to bring up to the panel because of the fact that you're all separated and isolating at home? You're full of scouting network or wherever you're looking for the up-and-coming talent that you may have been able to see at a trial or an open combine is no longer accessible to you. Does that... Add further difficulty to your role. Uh, look, at the, the reality is the likes of uh, the O'Byrne Cups in Leinster, the FBD leagues, the McGrath Cups, and uh, etc. Those third-tier competitions is where you you actually find out about young players coming into your squad, and that's that was a, they're gone, and so that's a huge, huge loss to us. We won't have time, and we won't possibly won't be allowed to play challenge games. So it is difficult. I brought in four, or five, or six young fellows last year. And I, I just got an opportunity to see them for a couple of weeks um, prior to playing championship. And I haven't seen enough of them, to be quite honest with you. And in-house, in-house games are great. And I know I mean, the likes of the Kilkenny Hurls were testified. That's where they really, really sharpened and honed their, their, their championship uh, credentials in the in-house, in-house games. But they were unique in that regard. So in-house games for Offaly are, 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 you know, they're, they're fine. But you'd rather, you'd rather go out and compete against other um, counties. And that's why... The loss of, I'd say, those third-tier competitions is uh, is tough on, on, on you know Division Three, Division Four teams where you'll be looking for new players and uh, yeah, so it's it's not easy in that regard. But you look at we've got to suck it up. Finally, before I let you go, John, can I get your thoughts on James Horn name-checking your son Johnny for a possibly being included in the Mayo Senior Panel for the upcoming season? Uh, look at uh, look at uh, uh, Johnny. Uh, unfortunately, had, had a lot of. Uh, Injuries for the last couple of years, and uh, he got, a, I suppose, a call there a couple of months ago. The one thing I say about uh, my son Johnny, he tells me nothing, and uh, very often I might ask him, "You you were on a Zoom meeting, what was that about?" And he tells me to mind my own business, and he's dead right. So I won't get a whole lot of information out of Johnny, but it's, he's, I think he's part of a development squad. 
And, you know, Mayo have always had kind of um, a cohort of maybe six or eight or nine guys who will be called upon to come in maybe to, for challenge games and they might be able to train with the, the squad once a week. And and I think there's a, a couple of young, talented footballers coming up, um, probably uh, a lot uh, um, more talented than my, my fella. But look, at he's in there. It's given him a, an outlet to train and to be disciplined during the lockdown. Uh, he finished his... I suppose third level education last year it's been tough enough for the, those young fellows of that age and uh, it's nice that he has had an opportunity it's up to himself whether it's good or not only time will tell Well we wish him the best of luck and just in terms of some of the players that may come through in this county for the upcoming season the goalkeeper position is going to be paramount to how James Horan is going to line out his side with the retirement of David Clark. do you see major names breaking through into the Mayo panel for 2021? Yeah, look at the, the beauty about uh, um, I, I recall maybe a decade or, or so ago coming out of Pierce Park in Longford and I and I, I was a carload of three or four lads and we were beaten on that occasion uh, above in Pierce Park in a back row game and I remember saying it, this could take a decade to, to rectify. I mean within a year or two we were back up running competing in all Ireland finals and that's the thing about Mayo there's a great particularly in this in, in the last two decades and players want to put their hands up. They want to play for Mayo. And that's what I, I, I've noticed over the last couple of years. If, you get, if a young fella gets a phone call down in Mayo, um, he will burst his gut to, to try and make an inter-county footballer. And once you have that kind of desire and uh, that, that level of engagement, you have a great chance. We always have great goalkeepers here. Like, I mean, go back to Michael Webb, Eugene Lavin, Peter Burke, um, David Clark, obviously, you know, Rob Henley. We've we've always had really, really talented goalkeepers, and we always will. So there's an opportunity there, and I'm I'm no I've no doubt we won't be found wanting that department when it comes when it comes to it. Excellent stuff, John Mohan. Many thanks for taking our call here on CRCFM, and enjoy the weekend sport. Thanks very much, Keith. We see you.